everybody, and welcome to another great episode of my so-called LA Life. My name is Natalia, and this is my lovely co-host... Eric Sanchez here. And this is a podcast dedicated to the documentation and the realities of living in Los Angeles and all its glorious bullshit. There's a lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit. And also your guide to surviving the mean streets of LA. Um, right now, it's hella hot out there, that's for sure. It was uh, really close to October. I It was really cold. It was really cold, like... Two days ago, um, super stoked, wore a sweater for the first time. I know, this so year. did I. Uh, and now I'm in shorts. Exactly. And adult adult tights. Well, if if anybody has any questions on why are you two the voice of reason or the voice of God of Los Angeles. Right, like what makes us authentic? What yeah. makes us so authentic? And I'll tell you why. I literally just stepped out of the studio to grab a coffee around the corner, which is half a block corner. And I saw three photo shoots. I saw one taco truck and I saw three, no, six Mexicans washing one car. So if that does not embody what Los Angeles is and smack, right smack in the middle of freaking Hollywood, I don't know what does. I mean, come on now. Ridiculous. We are pretty real. We are pretty we real. We eat from that fucking truck. I eat from this taco truck almost every day. I love it. Natalia loves the truck. If anyone would like to send us any kind of gifts or any kind of anything, send a burrito or some tacos, and Natalia wants burritos and tacos. Yes. Um, you want to hear something really L.A. that happened to me yesterday? Before we, we We have actually a great show, but I have to talk about this because it, it, it's been on my mind forever um, since yesterday, actually. No, please. I love hearing stories about L.A. That's how egocentric we are here. We're like, just talk about ourselves all the time. Yeah. Come on, tell me okay, more. so yesterday I went to Larchmont Village, and those for those of you that don't know what Larchmont Village is, it's it's a village between all the Hasidic Jews right. and Koreatown. Right. So it, it's Hancock Park, yeah. Koreatown adjacent. Yes. Very very cute, very quaint, very overpriced. So I went to Starbucks yesterday and I was writing some stuff for this episode and I'm sitting at a table and I'm sitting at a table next to the window to the outside and there's another table outside. Okay. And I'm sitting there for a good twenty minutes and for the. All the duration of that 20 minutes, I feel like somebody's staring at me. This guy's staring at me. And I'm like, oh, my God, here's another homeless guy or a weirdo. I'm just going to pretend. Yeah, but there's like five inches between you, just like a piece of glass. Yeah, there's and this just person's a piece just of... like staring in your face. Like, yeah, there's Ugh. just a piece of glass. And I'm like, so I put my sunglasses on inside. I don't have... <laughs> You're like freaking out. You have an anxiety I'm like, attack. I'm getting like... nervous. So I'm like, OK, maybe Start sweating. Maybe if I put my sunglasses on inside the location, I would disappear somehow. It would be my my invisibility cloak. Right, I don't right. know. And I'm like, after about 20 minutes, I look over my shoulder. I look to the right side. I'm like, who the hell is staring at me? And then when I look, it's Dave Navarro. No. <laughs> no. That was so awkward. Wait, in the daytime? It was... In the daytime. 10.30 in the morning. I didn't know vampires came out in the daytime. <laughs> and it was Dave Navarro, and it was so weird and awkward, because he was there in, in like, a rock and roll version of a workout outfit. Okay. And he had all his tats, and you know he loves wearing those black wife beaters. Yes. That's, like, his thing. Yes. And he... and he was, Which is the wackest shit yeah, ever. And, Who and wears he those? Had, and he had all his man jewelry... And he was, he was wearing blue tinted glasses, but they were kind of clear, so you can still see his eye makeup. Oh God! And I was like, "This is so awkward to me, Dave Navarro." Because every time I think about Dave Navarro, I think about Carmen Electra and their stupid reality show and that show where they were gonna get married and they were gonna send out invitation cards, but it was okay. in a morgue, and they had a photo oh. shoot inside a morgue, and that was their wedding invitation. 
What was that whole angle, that dead angle? I haven't... I don't understand. They gotta let that shit go. He's about 60 but years old, honestly. When was that? That was, I would say, a good 12 years ago. So, like, 2000, mid-2000s? Like, 2002. It's crazy. He hasn't changed one bit. I bet you anything, his nails were... Yeah, like black nails, they right? Had black, it was the whole full day Navarro. Like He's he, definitely a creature of the night. Yeah, he has not changed his look in 20 years. I mean, it is his look. But I just thought it was awkward, and I thought it was a great L.A. story for me to share. You know, I love Larchmont. Every time I go there, it's super beautiful. It's super quaint. Um, it's very kind of uppity, hipstery, yeah, very expensive industry stuff. But every time I go there, I see... I see a person I respect who works in the industry. So it kind of makes me sad that Dave Navarro has now like infested the hood. You know what I mean? Like, what <laughs> is like that guy the doing there? I hope they. Station of Dave Navarro in Larchmont. I hope they spit in his fucking frappuccino. There's like little kids, there's little ginger yeah. kids running around everywhere. That's what, it's it's like a family you, community. Yeah, why like, are you scaring people, Dave it's Navarro? It's like a two block radius. <laughs> Dave Navarro, there's not enough hoes on that street for you. Like, go find another neighborhood. Yeah, go please, up to but. Hollywood. Go go up to the Burgundy Room or, or Loaded up in Hollywood. Exactly. It's the morning. No one's wearing eye makeup right now. <laughs> Not We're even trying women. to get a coffee. Like this lady next to me is in rollers and you're the one in heels. <laughs> like get your shit together, please. That's really funny, actually, Eric. Okay, so moving on. We have actually a really, really good show today. Obviously, it's all pretty much based on LA because it's called My So-Called LA Life. Um, we're definitely going to talk about Tupac's death anniversary death i don't even know if that's the correct way to say it's somebody's like 20, death anniversary 20th year anniversary of his of his death, death. exactly yes. that's the right way it's pretty to long say. that's really long and then with all that i really want to talk about the la street culture and street legends of la because a lot of people that move here or actually live here don't understand that los angeles has many different layers and many yeah. different facets of how the city is built and how Hollywood's built, and and all yeah, these, and who built it, and who who actually are the founders of this great city that we all love to live in, or we actually hate to live in, but we decided to move. It's like a hate love thing. It's yeah. like sadomasochism. Um, so we're gonna definitely talk about the whole street gang culture and street legends. I'm actually very excited to talk about this because I did a lot of research. And yeah, I'm I'm really really curious to hear what you know. You know, hear what you found out. Yeah. Um, you know, as a dude who's from here, I think that I know everything. Um, and I probably don't know a lot of the stuff you're I was say. very surprised of all the information I found out. And I can, I just can't wait to share with you guys. Um, also, um, other segments, a little bit more lighthearted. We're going to uh, just touch on how to know if you're the side bitch or the side hoe. How, this, how do you know? How, how, how do you figure out eventually after about a year of seeing somebody? If you've been like completely blocked from his Snapchat and Instagram and you've known this guy like two years and he's your boo, there's something going on. Exactly. And also, finally, we're going to talk about how living in Los Angeles has pretty much completely warped our realities and we have replaced procreation with pets. With pets? And in my case, I have replaced procreation with just meaningless worthless material things like <laughs> like give shoes me one. shoes and uh, endless amounts that's of, like a girl thing come yeah, on but, like what's but, the real deep but, dark secret like a no, cat I'll, poster we will, yeah. <laughs> that you love you're like that's tiffany and you're like that's a cat yeah poster. but uh but we will we will touch more on this later on because i actually have a great story about this how okay. i'm just completely materialistic at this point in my life <laughs> super interesting Super interesting. Okay, so let's get started. And last week, or this upcoming week that just passed, right. 
was September 13th. And September 13th, for anybody that knows um, who's into the hip hop culture, or who's even on Instagram or Facebook, because everybody was posting that. For sure. It was it was the 20th anniversary of the death of Tupac. Yes. And for LA, this is very, very, very important. And I kind of want to reference our last show. Okay. Because last show we were talking about um, Kendrick Lamar and how he is the the king, the now true king of LA, or right. I like to consider him that right, based right. on his music and based. And I'm on, sure his fans all and, really think of him in that way. Yeah, as like ideology the king of, and based on all his, his generation and, yeah. and his generation. But in order for I feel like in order for him to become who he was, we got to talk about the people that paved the way for this. And somebody like Tupac is so important, not only for the hip hop community, and not even the hip hop community. I want to say he he created the whole. He didn't create, but he was, I think, one of the top leaders of this gangster rap movement, which was very very important in the early '90s because all this gangster rap came. It, it all it all had a big base basis right. and, and and it was all you know the racial tensions and, and right. the war and, and all the political movements and anything that had to do with people so social awareness and everything like that right so, I think he took it to um, a mainstream level like no one uh, before him or after him has been able to do I think nobody can compare to what he did people are taking a lot of his visionary and a lot of his idealisms and they're and they're making them their own. Right. But not a lot of people can be him. I mean, okay, so his name, his other pseudo name was Machiavelli the Don, which is very, very interesting because anybody who ever read Machiavelli in high school or first year of college knows that Machiavelli actually predicted his own death. Right. And not only did he predict his own death, but he also predicted how he's going to come back, right. sort of like a prophet style yeah. or, or, or messiah style. And, yeah, and Like he, a Nostradamus, but you know, he was more of like a Negro Domus, right? <laughs> Negro Domus? Yeah, that's actually hilarious. But, um, <laughs> but so, to, so Tupac is, is very important in this because anybody that ever heard of Tupac's lyrics, he was always talking about pretty much dying on the streets. And, and, and yeah, he was talking about living a real life and that it could all kind of end one day and it will almost he you know he definitely like led the narrative towards his death. You know, I don't think that when he died a whole lot of people were surprised because it was in like his last song was like I'm about to get shot. Exactly. You know what I mean? Not a lot of people were surprised and I think he 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 was very well aware of his place in society. And he spoke a lot about that, and and that was his main, his main mission in life is to, and he even says it is to speak, 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 talk, talk, talk. Let me speak my heart. Let me speak my mind. And and I think for the first time in a really long time, especially in music culture and hip hop culture, and we can also talk about Biggie. But since we're talking about Los Angeles and and it's called my so called LA life, and it was his twenty year anniversary. Right. I, I'm just specifically talking about him. He. He he made it a fact just to speak about the realities that is going on out there in the streets, and he, he talks about you know slinging crack and how his mom was a crack addict and how he he's always strapped and he's got to look over his shoulder right. and how fuck he's like the really yeah it was the- like it was like the street narrative the street story and and like I said he was in front 
in the media. He was like MTV. He was on all these huge stations really talking about some real shit. Some real shit that I don't think even MTV knew when they were actually interviewing him. Right. What he was actually saying. They thought it was all like gimmicky. Because nowadays you have all these rap stars that come out of Calabasas or they come out sure. of Virginia and, and they went to and private school. They're all like school. real niggas. Yeah, like, and they went to private school. Like you're 16 years old, and you're not a real And they're talking about all the hardships. I don't think MTV really knew about Tupac and him being in the front lines. He was, he was like... the there was a war going on in Los Angeles and in, in the United States. And he was one of those people that was in the front lines pretty much documenting. The same way we're documenting yeah. anything that happens here in Los Angeles because we're definitely in the front lines. He was documenting what was going on in the black community, in the streets. Yeah, in the black that, community. That, that was his main thing. And I don't think anybody was really ready for it. And now that so many years have passed and same things are still happening or or they're rehashing. Now people are understanding the true power. Yeah, the gravity of what he was saying. The gravity and the true power of his words. And with that being said, we're just going to play a little excerpt on, on on his idealism of the world that he lived in. And we can actually compare to what's going on right now. We can do anything. We can do that. Not, not, I'm not saying this, I got to say this again, it's not black against white. When I say we, it's the good against evil. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by we can take anything we want, we can take, we can have anything because it belongs to you. If you write and, and you, you got um, good on your side, I really truly believe that nothing can stop you. You know what I'm saying? And I'm using the same things that America taught me. That's what I'm using, the tools of this country. Capitalism and imperialism, colonialism, I'm using all those against them. And that's what they hate. You know what I'm saying? They hate to see a little black kid sitting in first class with a gang of gold chains, gold rings, you know what I'm saying? The steward is staring at me. You know what I'm saying? They hate that. They hate that shit so bad. They hate when um, I get off the plane and they, they lugging their luggage to go find a cab and I got a car waiting for me with my name real big, big African name, Tupac. They hate that. I see it in their eyes. They hate that when they see me in the restaurant or something with a girl, it's a black woman that I'm sitting next to. They hate that. They hate it. They really hate it when it's a white woman, but they won't see it. They won't, not from Tupac. So they hate that they see me with black women. They hate that I don't say bitch, you know what I'm saying, to black females. I say bitch to, to white cops and to crooked cops. That's who I say bitch to. That's who's a bitch. Okay, so that's that was just one of his little interviews. He has many, many, many interviews. Super impactful. He he has wow. that. It's a voice. That's a voice of a generation right there. Of anything, and I know that you grew up in Los Angeles. I mean, I grew up in Puerto Rico, and I was listening to this in Puerto Rico. Can right. you imagine as a Puerto Rican girl? Growing up in an island, he st- he was still impactful. One of my first CDs was actually Tupac CDs, and which was really great for me because it showed me another vision of what's going on in this world. He had that reach. He, he did. He literally... And it was almost effortlessly because his music was so powerful that people shared it. This is CD days. This is not even fucking MP3, email, nothing. No, this... So if you heard him in Puerto Rico, that means the CD was shipped to Puerto Rico and, and he, he had that kind of and stamp. He, and he was reaching out. And as a person of color... Right. It, it's just, it opened your eyes because when you live in Puerto Rico, you don't really notice. But then when I would travel to the United States, then you would see the difference. Yeah. You would see the difference. How You'd you see would, what he was talking about. You almost, can see right? what you were talking about. You can see how pe- different people would treat you. And, and that opened my eyes. And you can, and you can kind of, I could actually reference the music with an actual feeling that I felt. 
which was very important for me at that time, you know, because I didn't I didn't understand it. I didn't. Which is get how it. you gain empathy is by experiencing, you know, experiencing it yeah. and also having a reference point. You know what I mean? So no, some people could hear that and you're in the Hamptons and you're hearing Tupac and you're like, damn, like his voice. It sounds hard. It sounds real. But being a young guy from L.A., I didn't have a father figure, right? So yeah. then here comes this guy at the perfect time. You know, mm-hmm. this is 94 ish when yeah. he was, a, I mean, I'm 14. And I'm telling you, he embodied for me as a young man, as as a man of multi, um, you know, ethnicities. He embodied everything that I wanted to be. He was young. He was brash. He was highly intelligent. He was artistic. He was yeah. artistic. He was, you know, his conviction, his pride, everything, ego, it, even. I mean, the ego was a little much, but he was a walking contradiction where he would say, you know, F this bitch, you know, F this pig. But in the same thing, he has like the dear mamas. He's doing all this stuff on the low. He's really helping, you know, other artists out, communities yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. He's speaking for a whole generation. And what's crazy about it being his 20th anniversary, it's like he's still here. It is. He, I, w- I would consider him sort of like a modern day prophet. It, it's, it's one of those people, just like Bob, just like Bob Marley. Bob just Marley, like Bob Marley. No, it, just like Bob Marley, because like, what did he talk about? He talked about the the, the, oppression, the oppression of the state. It, it, the government oppression. Up until the end. They tried to kill him so many times. Up until the end, he was still exactly. saying, like, fuck you. You know, you're not going to affect my happiness. And I have love for my people. You're trying to fuck my people. Exactly. And here I am still. Look, he was, this is just a few of his talents. Okay. He was a movie star. Absolutely. Eventually, right? He was a rapper, obviously. Mm-hmm. He was an activist. He was a son of an activist. You know, his his mom was on an FBI list and yada, yada, yada. Um, he was an artist. He was like the soul of an artist, right? Yes. And I compare him to only a few other people who affected me in that way, who were able to cross so many boundaries, so many demographics, mm-hmm. affect so many people. He's he's like He's like a Basquiat before he was cool. Absolutely. Right? He had to die in order for a lot of people to hear his voice, right? But Tupac was like a living, he was the living word. He was on like some Jesus Christ shit, like real talk. Because he really he was. was not, the not, li- like that Kanye, not like that Kanye, stupid. Not like that Kanye fake talk. No, yeah, I, not like that Kanye, I'm like, no Jesus Christ. And, and, and Kanye, and now that we're talking that you say Jesus Christ, if Kanye ever listens to me, you know what? Go listen to Tupac before you start considering yourself some sort of a prophet or God because right, all you rant about is bullshit. Exactly. If you if you could use your power and you even your color as something good, please do. But don't don't be going to concerts and talk about your wife and talk about your stupid brand. It's stupid. Like Tupac said it the best. And and he he definitely like I, I'd like to call him a prophet. I like to call Bob Marley definitely a prophet. That he, Bob Marley for me was is number kind of number one in yeah. my list, and in the way he decided to express himself and and the reach of everything that he did, you know. Right. I mean, I say the only person that I've ever seen, and he happens to be another one of my like supreme fucking idols, but. Um, the reach of like the Allen Iversons of the world, right? Yeah. And he just made the Hall of Fame. Just yeah, the other I day, saw right? that, which was great. Right? And he affected how people thought about the world, but thought about themselves. And that's why fucking Tupac was so amazing. And I know this just from experience. I'm not speaking for anybody else. He made me feel like, hey, Eric, yeah, you're going to this white school. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you're the only fucking half Mexican, half black guy. Yeah, yeah. you're loud. Yeah, you kind of stutter. Yeah, you you rap. Now, yeah, that's okay. Fuck them for thinking you can't. Keep going. Exactly. And to have that kind of quality, in my opinion, he had to die for these new generation of artists to even exist. For the greater cause. Because and, and, if this yeah, man absolutely. was still alive, then they would not. They And I fully agree with that. Like I said... Tupac was the one that was in the front lines. He was documenting. He was reporting everything from the front lines of the war zone that was back in the 90s before all this stuff was actually socially accepted by white people. Remember remember yeah. when gangster rap and hip-hop was only a certain group of people right. who listened to it and it wasn't as mainstream. No, and he brought he, all that shit to the mainstream. He, he was the one. He was one of the co-founders yeah. of bringing... This gangster rap lifestyle, because that's the lifestyle you actually lived. Well, if you think about this, the mainstream, the Snoop and Dre, right? They kind of came out and they were like, yeah, and it was cool and it was vibey and stuff like that. And then you had Dre was from the uh, the NWA days, which was also very niche. Not a lot of people were you know exposed to NWA when they're you know in their heyday. Exactly. But Tupac was like all of that times a hundred. Times a hundred. And he did so much. If you look at his you know his reign on top, right? It was like. I say maybe like four years max or like two, three, four years. I mean, he died at 25. Which is crazy. He had so much in those short years that still speak volumes. It's, it's not, I mean, it's ridiculous. If you look at it, you have to be like, wow. I ain't Fuck got it. no motherfucker. So I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. Hey, Westside, bad boy killers. Hey, you know who the realest is, niggas. We bring it to talk about how he was a, a true street rapper street man street street man street man and he was um he was definitely part of gangs he talks about it i mean right. it, it was no it was no secret to anybody i i kind of want to dabble in the whole la street history gang history just for a little bit because i feel like this will explain more of what he was talking about okay and his lyrics and, and the things that he wanted to to convey to other people. And like I said, it's funny that people don't understand that living in Los Angeles, there's many, many levels of, of being in the city and people that built this city. And right. gangs are one of the most people that are overlooked that actually build a city. And people don't understand most of the neighborhoods that you're living right now that have been gentrified, those neighborhoods were built by gangs. And yeah, that's like gang territory. Gangs the, have been here for, what, over 100 years? Over 100 years. So I was doing a little bit of research, and um, and I and I, and I saw this, or I read this, actually, not saw it. Um, so pretty much gangs here in L.A. started in the 1920s. We're in 2016. Right, we're almost That's going to be 100. almost 100 years. So they have been very, very prevalent in this city for almost 100 years, and that should be very shocking to people because I don't think people... Sh- understand and but if you think about it though if you reference just like history right yeah um if in 1920 if the first gangs were mexican i'm just gonna go on a limb here if they were yeah that means that that's just when the people came over there and invaded their land so the mexican you know gangs 
that's probably their shit for like 300 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they're like, 1920, there's gangs here. They're like, uh, this yeah, is my house. Like, exactly. what are you talking about? Well, the, some of the information that I found that was very, very interesting. So, let's talk about today gangs, and then we'll okay. go a little bit about history. So, right now, in Los Angeles County, there's almost 50,000 active Latin gang members. Just Latin? Just Latin ones. 50,000. 50,000 Latin gang members. Not gangs, but just gang members. members. Active. But then, this is, low, no? th this is what kind of struck me a little bit interesting. Now, let's talk about the black gangs. Okay. There's only 25,000. So, when you think mm. about it, there's double the Latin gangs that there are black gangs in the city of Los Angeles, which that, for me, was very, very shocking. I thought they would have been more, you know, hand in hand, but that goes to show you how many gangs are around here and you don't even know about. And they're, and right. they're, and they're around everywhere well if you are able to read the graffiti which i can't you know but i just assume you know i've watched these shows mm -hmm. on netflix you know these gangland this and that and um they're everywhere there's signs everywhere there was one over here on my street i looked it up and it was like it was like the west side magicians <laughs> this is, that wasn't that's not even a joke right so i look it up i'm like the west side and these dudes have been here since the 60s like out here killing people calling themselves the magicians. It was that's, just interesting. It was very Hollywood of them, though. Very, very Hollywood <laughs> very of Hollywood. them. That's, like, that's very, that's very Broadway, very showmanship of they're them. They're like, hey, Holmes, <laughs> abracadabra, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's funny. And then apart from like, let's talk about because we always talk about brown people, but then you have the Hell's Angels, and, the, and that's very true to right. California gangs as well. But right. they're. Their membership is not as high, but they're really, really, really hardcore gang, like a gang yeah. group. They're they're very intense. They're more about torturing people for no reason. <laughs> yeah, um, like you have my math money. No, so it's not shocking that there is a higher level of Latin people. Just if you know here, obviously there's a higher level of Latin people. But in the world, I mean, in the country, the percentage of African Americans is actually very low. You know what I mean? You would think if yeah. you watch the news, it's all about like a black person getting shot, a black person, da, 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 and you look around, you're like, where are all these black people they're talking about? It's not really here. There's not, you know? So yes. the fact that there's 25,000 in the black community, is that half Crip and half Blood? And is there another one? Do they have another one? Because well, the Latins have like 20 games. Okay, so there there's a lot of tiers that go uh, beyond the Bloods and Crips. So the okay. Bloods and Crips actually started in the 1950s, 1950s and 60s. And it really the original version and then they kind of separated little by little and that's how in the 70s and 80s it became just more of like a, a, a epidemic of people right, joining right, games right, right. and that's when the whole crack movement came in and then speaking of crack Which seemed like that kind of ruined it because wasn't it started as kind of like well the thing is that, a community okay, organization or gangs usually start as community organizations you're completely right They're, they they get together because they feel oppressed by again the government, the, no, yeah, the government, the, the you know the, by jobs, white people, discrimination, all. So right. most gangs start like that. So they started congregating together, and then as most people do, once they start congregating together, they want to revolt, and they're like, okay, let's fight this, let's fight that, and then within all the revolutions, then you got people breaking off and starting. Okay, now that we're revolting, you know, why don't we rob a bank? Why don't we mm. go in here? Why don't we, you know, kidnap this person or and right. make money off of it? So then it just became a life of organized crime. Right. Which I, it I just feel, spirals out of control. It just spir yeah. spirals out of control. But back in the 80s, what happened was all this, the, the crack movement came in. Yep. All these 
all these which um, we could also thank the government for. we can also right? t- thank the government which has been proven right by some of our legends absolutely so we have great la street legends that are just here in LA, and one of them was Tootie Reese. And Tootie Reese. I don't know about was, Tootie Reese. He was the first black kingpin in the 1950s and 60s, but I found out something even more interesting, that he was the guy that got Richard Pryor freebasing. Wow. So this He's is, responsible for Richard Pryor freebasing. So think about it. Somebody like a drug lord or a drug kingpin from the streets is going up to Hollywood... And it's crossing barriers in Hollywood and getting Richard Pryor. And anybody that knows about Richard Pryor's history, he yeah. he set himself he set himself on fire while freebasing. While freebasing, yeah. So, no, I, I've I've actually heard a very like inside story about him from one of his old you know management whatever, and it was a story of just depravity and just being strung out and doing whatever. For pleasure, you know what I mean. Yeah. He he was like he was so talented, but he was also like the worst kind of sad soul, right? Yeah. And this dude was the one hooking him and up. Then, and then to- oh god, thanks Tootie. And then Tootie Reese is out there actually teaching him how to freebase, like oh, saying god. like, oh hey, well yo, have you ever ever heard of freebasing? And he's like, no. And then he's like, I don't know about crack. <laughs> exactly. He's like, no, you're supposed to freebase the crack. Exactly. And then the other one that I really want to talk about, it's called he's called Freeway Ricky Ross, and. For those that are listening to hip-hop nowadays, Rick Ross is not really Rick Ross. Rick Ross, he embodied his persona, his hip-hop persona, on somebody else. And this was the original one. His name is Ricky Ross. Right. And I, I think he's still alive out there kicking, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he he is. Um, he's actually very uh, prevalent here in Los Angeles and in the streets as like an advocate. But the interesting, about, uh, the interesting thing about him was... He was a kingpin, and it wasn't until he was incarcerated and started to do some, you know, some edu- some educational stuff and research and reading. You probably can't fucking read and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, he found out that he was a victim the whole time. He thought he was the boss, but the crack. Can you that explain he... that to me? So, if anyone wants to look this up, Netflix, any you know, any kind of internet thing. So, Freeway Ricky Ross was a crack kingpin. Yeah. He was getting it from a source. Mm-hmm. That source, now we find out, was a CIA operative who was working for the CIA to get the drugs into the community. So what he thought was like, oh, man, I was just being smart. I wanted to take the cocaine, and I got the crack, and I had this guy. The guy was planted there it was, in order it was to get it into the community. Okay, conspiracy to bring crack into the exactly, community. Which goes back to all these gangs and the, and like the linking to protect themselves, I think. That's what yeah. it starts. Like, kind of like to protect us from the outside influence. Like, yo, we don't do crack in this gang. Exactly. That's that gang. You exactly. know what I mean? We don't sell crack or we don't, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it all goes back to our original topic, which was this is this is how all these lyrics and all these hip hop and all this gangster rap, it all kind of started. But there's, there's, there's like a foundation that was laid here before, especially here in Los Angeles, that people should be aware of. They should, every time you're... In your street, and you're, right. you know, you're in Koreatown, or you're in South Central, or you're in Compton, or you're even in Inglewood, or you're even, you know, around here in Hollywood. Just, just understand that these neighborhoods were built on gangland and gang territory, and without them, you probably wouldn't even be here. So what? So how do you feel though? Excuse me, that was like puberty. How do you? <laughs> um, how do you feel about 
about the change now. You know, we talked about the gentrification of L.A. Um, and a place that I grew up here, um, Highland Park, is a very gentrified neighborhood now. Yeah. And the Avenues gang used to run that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was super afraid of these guys. You know, I was a skinny little kid. You know, I went to private schools here and there. So um, I didn't like them. I wanted them to go away, right? But now that it's it's the reverse and I'm older and I see the town is completely taken over by like a whole nother class of people. Yeah. I almost feel bad. Like it's there. You know what I mean? I'm because I'm a little it, torn because, because I don't like the idea of a gang. I think it's stupid. I think it's but very. But nobody gets some props. Nobody, nobody, nobody like. But how do you give like. A gang member prop. <laughs> like how do you, yeah, how do you give an organization that a like used to break. Like they used to break my tennis rackets. Like fuck these guys. Right. But then again. You know, I go back to the city and, you know, I don't see any of the homies like getting jobs, really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like they're like I ostracized mean, within their own little space. I, I guess I guess you don't give them props. I guess by us talking about it in our podcast and making aware and people so people understand what they did for in order for you to be here and, and just making it so people are aware. Like you just didn't move to Hollywood. Hollywood was all glitz and glamour. No, Hollywood has a lot of different things behind the scenes that people don't talk about, people don't yeah. want to talk about. But by maybe us, you know, talking about it and say, oh, you know where you live, that in the 1920s, it was all ran by Mexican gangs and this, this and that. And in order to you have your apartment, right. that needed to happen. So like support your local gang member because <laughs> because if it wasn't for him... You wouldn't be, be in this town. <laughs> if you're in Highland Park and if it wasn't for those Avenues gang members, then there would be a lot of black people living there. And you wouldn't like that, right, Stephen and Mary? Body. <laughs> exactly. Ain't nothing but against the party. Oh shit. You done fucked up now. You done put two of America's most wanted in the same motherfucking place at the same motherfucking time. <laughs> Y'all niggas about to feel this. Break out the champagne glasses and a motherfucking condoms. Have one on us, alright? Picture perfect. I paint a perfect picture. Bongo hoochers with precision. My tits took you with you with that and double OP. Dog, my fucking homie. You the cold ass nigga on the mall. Show enough. I keep my hand on my gun, cause they got me on the run. Now I'm back in the courtroom, waiting on the outcome. Three, two pockets, all this on the niggas' mind. But at the same time, it seems they trying to take mine. So I'm gonna get smart and get defensive and shit. And put together a million march for some gangsters. So, hey Eric. Hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> so now living, okay, so living in Los Angeles, that means there's millions and millions of people that move in and out of the city at any given mo- moment in time. Yes. It's we, There's a surplus of single men and single women all over the place. It's like Ellis Island over here. Exactly. <laughs> Which it only invites for the notorious side bitch. The side bitch is an epidemic here. It's in an Los epidemic, Angeles. and I feel at any given moment, anybody in the city, unbeknownst to them, <laughs> they might be a side bitch, but they don't know about it. So I, I kind of want to touch and dabble on what does it mean to be a side bitch, and how do you find out? And like you- the clues, so that if you are actually a side bitch, that you're aware and it- you could get out of the situation. Right? And, and not live your life as a complete lie. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like ownership. Exactly. So I have this friend, right? And okay. I haven't seen her in about eight months. And she came here and she was staying with me for a little bit. And she's like, oh, I'm here because I broke up with my boyfriend. And I'm like, you mean the boyfriend that you never see, you only FaceTime with, that you've been on and off for the last four or five years. Huge red My, flag. Yeah. Mind you. 
another red flag is coming. It's about to come. He's a football player. I mean, that that so is, she's like a side bitch is side bitch, side side bitch. Exactly. Yeah. She's like side bitch times 10. And, and, and they she, have a bad rap, don't they? The on the football players, they just can't I mean, get away with it. Can't a football player live? Can a football player have two bitches? Come on. They play <laughs> football. They entertain us. Can they have at least two or three? They, they could. But but the girls need to be aware of it. So they make their decisions. So they're not like, oh, my God, I'm not the only one. Yes. Yeah, so you you are actually a you're saving these girls, right? You're Captain Save-A-Ho. Is I, like, is what we like I'm to trying call them, to play right? Captain Save-A-Ho right okay. now. Please help so, these girls out. So so my friend is like, well, I'm going to go see you because I can't be invited to any of his games or anything like that. I'm like, OK, red flag number three. Is he married? I don't even know at this point. And then, but what really killed me, I asked her and in a very serious conversation, which I'm kind of making fun of it now, but at that point it was serious. I'm like, okay, so you've been with this guy for four or five years Mm -hmm. on and off. And he has a monthly allowance of $10,000 after he pays all his bills. Okay, that he's on. So she knows what he makes. She knows what, yeah, she knows what he makes. And And I asked her, in this four or five years, of you guys being together, has he ever once told you? I mean, she doesn't even own a car. Okay. Has he? And he lets her that. Okay. He and he lets her not own a car. Not own a car. Okay. In in where? In another state that she lives in. Okay. Cool. Yeah, she lives in Miami. Okay. So You're being it, very specific. I'm being Just very watch specific. what you say, please. Exactly. So um, so he, you don't own a car. You have to pay your own rent. Has he ever said one time in these years that you've been together? Let me help you out with rent, babe, so you don't have to think about it this month. Or let me help you out with a cell phone bill. She's like, no. All right. And then I ask her, in these four or five years that you guys have been together, has he ever gotten you any sort of present just for being you, just for you being there? Not even a birthday present, just for holding him down, just for being... Yeah, just something nice, doing something super gracious and thoughtful. Right. Thoughtful. Right. And it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, it it could be like... It could be... Can it be ice cream? Anything. I'm like it, it can't could, be ice cream. I know girls. No, it can't but be it ice could cream. be like you know, like a like a little uh, delicate like necklace, a necklace or, or something. Yeah, you don't even have to pay a lot for those. No, yeah. like a three hundred dollar necklace. Trust me, I know. Exactly, something like that, or it doesn't even have to be a Chanel purse. It's like something cute, something that reminds you of him. Right, just shows that you care because obviously it's a long distance relationship, right? Exactly. Because he plays for a team that's on the opposite end of the uh, yeah of, of the country the, of the country, and she's like, no, and I'm like, all right. And at that point, I had to bite my tongue, which is very hard for me to do, because if anybody knows me or even listens to me, I like to just say whatever comes to mind and I don't really hold back. But she is my best friend. So in so many words, I really needed to tell her in so many words, I really needed to tell her you're a decide bitch. So instead of actually telling her, I decided to say it in my podcast. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, obviously you have put yourself in an interesting a position. So, can I tell you a quick story? About tell me the... your story okay. on side okay. bitches. So, um, I don't want to. A friend of mine, right? A very. It was me. Uh, a while ago, when I was side bitching, which mm-hmm. is what I like to call it, um, I had the museum thing, right? So, if I lived in one city, I would go to a museum, literally like two cities away. At a random ass time on the day, like every other Tuesday's free. Every other Tuesday's <laughs> so, free on the so free like, day. So you don't so actually like, have to spend money on her. <laughs> she has no clue that we are literally going out of town. It's like a fucking camping trip. Yeah. Um, we're there. We take a picture. I take one of her. 
She yes. takes one of me, and then we have another person take one of us on my phone, and then as soon as I get in the car, I delete it. <laughs> that way you have control over the picture. Okay, before it hits the cloud. And uh, yeah, and that was like my that was, that was my move. Okay, so I feel like a lot of girls out there are definitely side bitches, and they don't even know. So there are traits to know how are you the side bitch. There's a lot of clues out there. There's a lot of clues. And if you choose to ignore these clues, then it's not really on him anymore. It's more on you. Yeah, yeah. It's being like the idiot, you know, like... You're living in fantasy land. Yeah, you you could be a victim all you want, but at the end of the day, just like, it's reality. Yeah, the, the red flags are there. They're right in front of your face. He's pretty much telling you in so many words and so many actions, hey, you're not the one for me. So let's go down a list of little things that I compiled up to know if you're the side Okay, here we go. If you only go out go out on weeknights. So that means no Friday, Saturday, or Sunday for you whatsoever. No like no nice clubbing, events. No, all the cool shit happens on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah, and you can't all, go? You can't go. You you go out maybe Tuesday for breakfast. <laughs> Tuesday, at the Tuesday waffle for house. brunch, and you're like, is it brunch on the weekend? It's like, whatever, sweetie. Like, eat your fucking waffles. Yeah, but you, you go to the waffle house, you go to IHOP on a Tuesday at right. 9.30 in the morning. You and right. It's you and like 20,000 construction workers. Okay, so I like this, and I agree. Can I add like an amendum or addendum to it? Yeah. Um. Also, so it's weekdays, right? Yes. Weeknights, right? Yes. How about... Two cities away. Can we add that? Like it's all, it can't be in your neighborhood. It's not a meeting. So you can't if, justify that shit. Okay, so you're saying if I were somebody's side bitch, he would take me out on a Tuesday night to a very nice to place, Anaheim, to a very nice little Mexican restaurant, little hole in the wall in, in Anaheim, Anaheim. <laughs> in Anaheim. But like, why do we drive so far? Well, I just wanted to get you in a in like it's a like personal the, space, and this is how I break down walls. He's like, I have this little spot, and, yeah. and you know the story. Come on, we got the these story. Stories. We're like, oh, that's the best Mexican restaurant his in mom, California. His mom <laughs> mom used to go, you know, his mom's friend owns it and all this stuff. Yeah, like his Some mom lives in New York. Story. What the fuck? Okay, yes. Um, if you never meet okay. any of his friends, that's very important. If you're if you're in somebody's life like that, you definitely have to have some sort of relationship with the friends. They need to know who you are. They know at least they know your first name. In LA, there's a lot of this though. I have a I have a friend who is a friend, and she has a dude, and they only see each other at like one in the morning. You know what I mean? It's like uh, we sleep together, we wake up, we have breakfast together, I leave. It's never like a we go here or we do this. It's like I met him here, he met me here. And, oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's weird. There's never a we because they're, they meet there was each never other. a we. Yeah, there was never a we. It's never like we went to the movies. It's like I met him at the movies. <laughs> what was this nigga doing? Hiding? And like, <laughs> What do you mean you met like, him hey, at the movies? Hey, hey aisle three. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Kind of shit? I met him at the movies. I met one. him inside the movie theater once the movie actually started, but not he, even for the trailers. It's, so, it's the weirdest thing. We met. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, bitch. You're the side bitch. Okay. You're super side bitch. Let's, um, he let's was wearing going. a mask. Like, it's not even Halloween. <laughs> let's go down this list. Um, how about if he never spends the night? But that could be, okay, this is LA. That can play both ways. You could probably live in a really nasty apartment with bed bugs because that's all you can afford and you don't have air conditioning and it's the middle of summer no, but and you're, you're not going to die. But you're saying that he's not inviting you back to his house. But if you're an LA girl, you probably have a room with a bed somewhere with a bunch of clothes lying on the ground so you could sleep there. And if he never stays there, one, he may not like filth. 
<laughs> and but two, you're he a pig. Pro- he probably can't, right? He, he probably can't stay over. He probably can't stay over because he actually has a girlfriend or wife, but, or boyfriend. Who knows? But, but, but yeah, waiting, yeah, waiting yeah, at it. He has a partnership. Exactly. No, no, look, this is how. Okay, so as a as a guy, this is how you actually avoid this red flag. Okay, okay. this is what you do: drink a lot. Okay, start in the daytime. <laughs> meet whoever is like your side bitch out. Get fucking like shit face. Call your real girlfriend and be like, I'm so drunk. I'm, oh, I'm just going to stay. Oh. So already you're an idiot. Okay, you're off the hook, right? And then you go have like the one night stand. Wake up early in the morning and dip. She thinks you spend the night. Oh, that's a good one. Boom. And now Dude, you're like, she's like, he loves me. We are talking to the master of right? side bitch you just right have to be here. Like, His name is Eric Sanchez, people. <laughs> you just... Do not be afraid to be the idiot because you <laughs> you go home and your girlfriend already knows you're an idiot. Exactly. You know what I mean? You walk like, in drunk and she's like, "This." I don't want to deal with his drunk ass, so let him stay at his place. She's tonight. like, "You smell like alcohol." I'm going to work. You're like, "Sorry." Oh, exactly. Works every that's time. a good. That's a good one. That's a good way. To, uh, that's a good one to get away with uh, side bitching. All right, so tell me more. I, um, know more. I love this topic. How about? You go through his Instagram or his Facebook and he has a whole bunch of pictures with different girls or girls by themselves. And he's like, oh, that's my sister. That's my cousin. I mean, how many fucking sisters and cousins can you actually have? And how close are you? Exactly. Right, she's sitting on why, your lap. Why is she? Why is she grabbing your dick? <laughs> she's early 30s calling you her bae? <laughs> Brother bae? Exactly. What kind of fucking weird Mormon, yeah. like, incestuous kind of, yeah. trailer park does he come from? Exactly. <laughs> and if it is Hollywood, maybe it could be true. It, <laughs> There's a lot of people around here. I mean, who knows where they're from? Who knows where they're from? Who knows what's cool over there? Exactly. How about if he he never attends major holidays with you? Or even invites you to like a holiday party? Or let's say they have a Christmas event with his company or you have even a Thanksgiving friends dinner and he never wants to show up. You know, I, I think the red flag isn't he is not that he Maybe doesn't, he doesn't like your friends. You. Or maybe like he thinks you're not that cool and his mom's like really beautiful and she's like brought that ugly bitch to the fucking Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Maybe he knows what's up. No, but look, I think that that's not the problem and that's not the red flag. Uh, Just to, you know, just to get in here a little deep. I think that the red flag is when he invites you to the day before Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Oh, the day before, the day after. But like he plans that shit in August. He was like, you know, my family, we usually don't celebrate it on the day. So um, I think we should do something on Tuesday. You know what I mean? And she's like, and she's like, and you thought of me. Speaking of that. How do I know all this stuff? Speaking of that, this is a side note to this. So where I'm from, the island of Puerto Rico, you know which one is, which is the busiest days at motels? around the island and this is a proven fact there was an article on this it is the day after valentine's day and the day after christmas because that's when men have to go go grab their side bitch because they actually spend christmas yeah your other family and your other family (laughs) and well latin america the other family is actually kind of accept it's kind of known right you always hear like you know older mexican older latin dudes like oh yeah his other family exactly my mom doesn't like to talk about it like what do you mean he's like well i have a brother who's like 19 years old it's weird he's like older than me right (laughs) exactly that's so funny so that's hilarious and then last but not least let's talk about this when his dog hates you that's a big one right there that means the dog knows that you're not the regular one you're not the girlfriend i mean when the dog is eating your underwear 
he can smell that you're not the girlfriend. <laughs> the dog is not eating your underwear. It's like, no, 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 that's not my scent. You know what that's I mean? not my because scent. I have a little dog and she, you know, she gravitates to uh, my girlfriend like it's her mom. You know what I mean? And yeah, she's very much like who a is side this eye. Bitch? Like she's like, exactly. she's like, I don't trust this bitch. Like, she's not used she's to. She's in here trying to infiltrate, but you know, yeah, like she's stepmom style. She's not a stepmom style. Like she's not used yeah. to your scent. She's like, who is this bitch? Why is she in our bed? Or even if she is. She's like cool, and then the girl like tries to cross the line. Like, give me a good. She's like, oh, well, I don't even cool. know you like that. Like, yeah. come on now, please. Exactly. You're just a side bitch. Like, don't get it twisted. So, I mean, girls and guys out there. I mean, how do you know? Okay, how do you know if a guy's a side bitch? That's an interesting because a lot of gr- it goes both ways. There's a lot of girls out there that have their main dude, mm-hmm. and they definitely fuck around on their dude, and they I- have and they have side bitch dudes. I'm really curious about that because me, I'm like a relationship guy. So like if I like a girl, we go and then we end up going out, right? And we live together, stuff like that. Um, I've seen it, but I don't know. Are you what, telling what me you've never been the side bitch to a girl? I highly doubt that. Maybe back in like my younger years, like the club and stuff and trying to get someone's attention. I just feel like they don't really like me. I think as a guy, I understand that they have other dudes maybe and I'm not the one, but she likes me a little bit kind of thing. So if I'm younger and I'm the younger me, I'm thinking I'm just lucky to get some pussy. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, I'll take sick. it. You know, well, when you're a kid, you think you're never going to have sex. and You have it like one time and you're like, where else can I get this sex stuff? Like this shit is dope. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. I, okay maybe I have been the side fucking dude. I just don't want to admit it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because it makes me cry. Exactly. I, I feel like a fool. So this is why I am having this segment. I want people to understand and not to be self-aware of, you know, you probably are the side bitch. So stop calling him left and right. He probably has a girlfriend. Stop right. calling at 2.30 in the morning. You're disrespecting him. And if you want to stay. And don't complain and all that because you're doing this to yourself because he's telling you right now, like, you aren't the one. Exactly. Right? He's not labeling you. He's not taking you out to your friends. You're not going out to the right dinners. Right. You're going out to the free Tuesdays in the museum day at 1130. Laguna you're, Beach. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to IHOP for a date Wait, that's at 930 in the that's morning. A, that's another thing that's really funny about the museum thing, right? All of a sudden, the dude who's like naturally like a super douchebag is all like artsy. He's like, let's go to the Broad Museum. And like all these random times. He's like, I never knew you read like yeah. Mozart. He was like, yeah, I love Mozart. He He, he makes great paintings. Freaking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you do just random <laughs> shit. Makes you know what I'm she's like, she's like, uh, he's like, you want some pizza? She's like, you sure? He's like, fuck, I'm lactose intolerant, but fuck it. I know my girl's not going to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I know. There's there's so many little ways of knowing. And if you decide to ignore these, then it's all on you. It's all on you. And don't give him a hard time because he already has a girlfriend giving him a hard time because he's missing in action with your stupid ass thinking that that's your boyfriend. There's nothing worse than two angry girlfriends. What you should be doing... um, (laughs) (laughs) And listen to Eric because he knows all about that. Okay, side bitches. What you should be doing is being (laughs) super extra nice all the time, just being happy and excited, and you guys could have that relationship because he'll probably buy you stuff. Um, He might pay a cell phone bill if you're nice enough. You see, it sounds like your homegirl... It's trying to make him the real dude and being like herself with him. We don't want the side girl to be herself. Exactly. You need to be like. You're already putting up enough with the real one. She's a psycho bitch. Don't complain to me about anything, about anything. Just like be like, hey, you want to go like eat and have sex? Perfect. Perfect. You're the perfect side bitch. Perfect. Can I (laughs) buy you something? You want a cell phone? A Verizon? I got another fucking free line on my plan. Let's do this shit. (laughs) 
your ass out Got a nickel wanting it so bad I'm about to pass out Wanna dig you and I can't even lie about it Baby just alleviate your clothes, time to fly about Catch you at a club, oh shit you got me feeling Body talking shit to me but I can't comprehend the meaning Now if you wanna roll with me then this your chance Do an 80 on the freeway, police catch me if you can Forgive me I'm a rider, still I'm just a simple man All I want is money, fuck the fame, I'm a simple man It's the international player with the passport Just like a ladder bitch, could you anything you ask for It's either him or me Champagne, Hennessy, a favorite of my homies When we fall on our enemies Witness as we creep to a low speed People to hold me Pump some more weed, pump, you don't need Approach a hoochie with a passion Been a long day, but I've been driven by attraction In a strong way Your body is banging, baby, I love it when you're flown it. time to give it to daddy, nigga Now tell me how you roll it So the other day, me and my entire family We're in this uh, group chat you know, my okay. mom, my Those sister. are always fun. Those are always fun. Because um, you can see real personalities shine through. So we're in this big group chat. Me, my mom, my sister specifically. Okay. And my sister has a baby. So does my brother. They're about the same age. They're about 11 months old. And they start sending pictures through group chats. So I can see the baby. So we can share. Because obviously it's a, it's a milestone in the family. And you know. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's, you want to you share the moments. You want to share the moments. Especially when you live across, you know. So... As they're sending me pictures of babies, the pictures that I send back is of like my new sneakers that I bought. Right, right. Or the new sunglasses that I just acquired for $700. It's like, and hey, look at my baby. You're like, hey, look at look my... Look at my new Vans. <laughs> <laughs> look at my door. Exactly. So it just only made me realize that not only me, but in Los Angeles, including you, we True. have replaced procreation and even marriage for that, you know, in that matter... For pets, animals, and material things. Pets, animals, animals, right? Yeah, just random yeah, animals. Just random, like a turtle. Who cares? If you're like Tyga and you have like a Tyga. Yeah, like right? with material things. And in my case, I'm really not good with pets or plants, so I just buy shit left and right. And okay, so what are you on a, on an average day? Is your is your buying? Is it more like I need a friend? I need a child? Or I need to spend money and buy shit anyways? Is it, is it like a I, like I need materials or I need I th- companionship in these objects? No, I think for me it's more like I have this little extra surplus of cash because I don't have a baby sucking all the living cash out of me. <laughs> okay, so it's like, your reward to yeah, yourself? So like- <laughs> it's a reward to myself to like kudos for not having a child, Natalia. Which... You know, it's very interesting before because you and I are Latinos. Right. And I'm 31 and you're 35. So right. Six, I, should 36. Be, I should have like 17 children by now and you should be a granddad by now. I should definitely be a grandfather. Yeah, because right in our culture, I mean, we are unicorns, if I like to say so myself, of of the Latin culture. We're over 30. We have no children, at least me or you that you know about. You I don't know? know any. I don't think so. And well, actually, my problem, just to cut you off really quick. See, my problem is, or it's not a problem, actually. The reason I don't have kids was I moved out of my Latin community into like oh, a so white. you're whitewashed. And, yeah. <laughs> But into like a white community, right? So, um, yeah. you know, as you could see with all this like in vitro shit and stuff like that, you know, maybe it's a little harder for um, a certain race to have, you know, have baby. But if you see like Latinas, you could shake a Latin girl's hand and, and she got twins. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. That's how it like, rolls. You know what I mean? Like you get her number. She's like two months. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's crazy. They just like, hey. I know. But the thing is, I'm what I'm saying, because you're asking me, 
why do I buy all these things? And why do I or have Or what this? does it mean to you? Well, it I doesn't guess. really mean anything. It means like props to me for not having 17 children. You so can once act- a week you... You can actually go and purchase something that you've always wanted because now you're a little bit older. You actually have, you know, better sense of money and you're making better, m- more money. Right. So you can just buy stuff that you've always wanted to and you don't have to spend it on your child, on baby formula or pampers or school or braces or whatever. Yeah. But... But what I was getting at, because I'm proud of myself for not having children, actually. (laughs) Um, What I was getting at is that I go out and, you know, we go out around the streets of L.A. And I think a lot of people have replaced this whole because it's a very lonely city and it's very hard to find a companionship. It's it's definitely a lonely city. And and the whole dating thing around here is just weird. And it it just doesn't work. Yeah. If you heard our previous segment, you're probably the side bitch no matter what. Mm -hmm. And... um, so people go around and, and they start replacing things for that motherly or fatherly, like, innate yeah, it's almost, nature. It's so they start like getting nature, animals. Right? They start yeah. getting dogs. And men will usually get women dogs or girl dogs. And, and women get male dogs. And it's, it's mm. weird when you think about it. Are you replacing the dog with... If you could ever have a successful relationship, because are the do- you psychoanalyzing me right now? Yeah. Is, this, is, is this an intervention? Wait, hold Pretty on. Much. I'm looking around, looking for anybody because else around here. I'm thinking. So you have failed in all your relationships. So you're just gonna buy yourself a pet, and they have no other choice but to depend on you and love you till forever, till they die. Wow. Do you feel? I feel. You know what? I okay. I have. I have a dog. I've had it for seven years. You know what I mean? It is a girl dog. She's a little small, right? And as as a dude, it's like, yeah, it's exactly kind of what you just said. It's like unconditional it's like, love. Yeah, it's unconditional love, and it's and how I see it is this: when shit's going bad, when shit's going high, the highest of the high and the lowest of the lows, the dog is always you look there for over, you. and that dog is just like, pay attention to me, please, right? And they give you love and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's that like, fuck that bitch. At least I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you always have that. Like that support system. And I think that it is a lonely city and people need a support system. It's hard when you're not from here or even if you are from here. It's just a busy place. There's a lot going on. There's and a lot of stresses. So self-involved and Everyone nobody... is so self-involved. Yeah. And people don't actually give another person uh, the time to build a, um, a relationship because like you're too busy saying like, hey, I'll be there. And then you don't show up. So the whole L.A. thing of being like too cool for school and being in the scene and too much work and doing drugs and all this stuff means that you're alone all the fucking time. So you so you go out and you get a pet and then all that loneliness is supposed to disappear. But I mean, I refuse to get a pet at this point because listen to me, this is the reason why I refuse to get a pet at the point. First of all, I'll probably will probably die. Because I'm never home anyway. Okay. And second of all, I feel the moment I I get a pet, I'm kind of giving up on life. And I'm giving up, not on life in that way, I'm giving up on relationships and I'm giving up on maybe finding something that can hold me down. Like you say, these animals, these, your dog, your cat, whatever it is that you have there keeping you company. But we're humans. For the longest time, we, we've been able to... Be able to find another human being that 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 yeah, understands that was the, you. Yeah, that was the and, way that things went. And but now we're like, all right, everybody's just giving up. Well, now nothing's good enough. Like this is this goes back to that's our side bitch call, thing. That's what I call the BBD, by the way. Do you know what the BBD means? Bell Biv Duel. No, it means the BBD. bigger, better deal. The bigger, better deal. So no, nobody's yeah, the grass good is always greener. Yeah, thing. nobody's ever good yeah, enough. Yeah, no one's ever good enough. It's this. In LA, especially, it's an overinflated ego. So now you are up to the standard, right? Which goes back to the side bitch thing. 
Yeah. I'm the one. It's all about me. It's all about me. And you don't even know that you're not the one. You're like not, like the fourth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. So like if you understood so you that give you're up the fourth. And you buy a dog. You're and like, you fuck get a dog. But, <laughs> but as I think about this more and to try to save face as a guy with a dog, but I'm in a very steady relationship. Um, is there a difference between a guy who uses all these things like to um, to fill a void? Is there a difference between a guy and and a girl? Like, whereas, look, a girl with a dog, you want to talk about a red flag, okay? That's a red a flag. A girl with a dog and no dude? Hell no. Yeah, that means, like, the girl has a lot of issues. There's she can't, so much, so Yeah, many. there's so much more deeper if going on. If it's a on. Pomeranian, yo, homie. If it's a, small, a smaller yo, yourself, dog, dog like, and hey. she hasn't had a relationship in at least two, three years, a real relationship, not dating, or you dated somebody for three months and it didn't work out. I mean, she's haven't had a real relationship in three years. You have to run for the hills, run to Runyon Canyon, yes. and throw yourself off that canyon because that girl will murder you in your sleep. If she has a big dog, then that's always she's weird probably to me. a dyke. Okay, so okay, <laughs> okay. This is so off topic, but do you mind? Do you mind? Because this yeah, is really don't, weird. Yeah, go okay. ahead and get off topic, Eric. I don't know who I'm gonna offend with this one, but everybody. Okay, so a long time ago, I was really young. And I used to work uh, at like a, a museum, which is again back to the side of the job, right? Um, and a security guard who was a lot way older than me said, "See that girl with that dog?" And it was like it was like a white lady with like a humongous German Shepherd. And he says, "Do you know the reason that they have big dogs like that?" And I was like, "Oh my no, god, I was young. I was young. Don't he, say it. Yes, I know where you're. Yes, get. Don't say yes. it." And he said, "Girls have big dogs because at night they let the dog lick their pussy." <laughs> Oh God! And it was the weirdest thing. So now every time I see that, I was I was really young. I was like eighteen, nineteen, you know. So I don't know about the world. So I see that, and I'm like, oh, kind of, I guess that makes sense. Huge dog. So look, if you are a guy who gets into a relationship with a girl with a humongous dog, you'll never be that awesome. Oh my! You know what I'm saying? God. Like, and not I in am, that way. I'm my saying- <laughs> brain, right? My life has been destroyed completely. I just thought that girls with huge dogs are usually playing for the same team. You know, they're usually lesbians, hmm. and they and they and they want to exude their butchiness with a huge dog because they don't have a penis. Or so maybe that's because, their dude, and because, they snuggle with like yeah, the because pimple. the dog would be an extension if they had a penis. Yes. So I'm having like a Rottweiler. I have like a Rottweiler penis. I don't know if that, that makes, makes sense. sense. That makes you sense know? that their butts are kind of short. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But but the, now you just destroyed my entire life when you telling me that women with huge dogs like to get their vagina licked by their dogs <laughs> at nighttime only. It was, it, it was. Why not during the day, Eric? <laughs> it was a random old guy saying some inappropriate stuff to a young. But let gentleman. me tell you something. Random old people usually know insights of the world because they've been living here for a really long time. So, so was they he see right? hella I'm sure. Can he's, someone review this and let me know if if I don't know, girls do that kind of stuff? <laughs> That's so weird. I think PETA's gonna come after us and they're they're gonna knock it, down our door and they're gonna shove these microphones up our asses and say, How do you like that now, bitch? It's uh <laughs> it's it, it's all in jest, but you know, I agree with the fact that there's a lot of people in LA who have their animals, their pets, their material things. Obviously, the material things. Look yeah. at the the injection stuff. I think the injection stuff is a clear sign of something just, like that as well, the, right? The, the shopping habit, or the shopping or, 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 habits, or the, the shoes, the bags, the nails. These this over over stuff. It's like trying to give themselves like uh, some sort of worth in life. I, I feel like not worth, but which which actually back in the day is what you get from your significant other. Right. You get your worth in that in that kind of old mentality. Yeah. It's like I'm the man. This is the woman. Exactly. And this is our relationship. And we are one. And now it's like me, 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 me. Yeah, no? But not only that, but I feel like you're feeling you're definitely filling up a void. 
right. that you're missing you're f- and you're filling up unconditional love. That it's very, and everybody, I feel like everybody that I've ever met but in my life. But everyone wants unconditional love. That's what they want. They want unconditional love, but they feel like they can't find it out there. So what's the next best thing? Because you can't trust these hoes. And, and these and niggas out here either. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And vice versa. <laughs> you and, can't and, trust nobody. And especially in LA. Yeah. Especially in LA. You have people living in the smallest ass apartment with that big ass dog. Hey, homegirl, why is your dog so big? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> exactly. No, I get it. I, it was just an observation. I'm, I'm always like, I'm understanding that. And like again, I said, I refuse to get a pet at this point in my life is because I still believe that I still believe in true love and I still believe in unconditional love. And I'm still a fan of knowing that you can probably get that with another human being. And if there's people still like me around. That means there's still hope, you know? And I'm not giving up and like, okay, I can't find it out there, so I'm just going to get it from an ant, which is great for the people that have them. Right. But I'm just not giving up. And I just want to let everybody know out there, I'm not giving up on love or unconditional love or, or, or friendship. and compa- From a human. From a human or right. companionship from a human because I believe you can have it all. And I kind of hate people that say, Oh, well, you can't have it all. You can't have a hot guy that has money or you can't have this. I feel like you can. You're just not opening yourself enough to invite these people in. Because your dog is getting in the way because is what you're saying? Because your dog is getting in the I way. I feel like you have something against people with dogs. As a defender. I don't have something against people with dogs. I have something against people. Who give up and just get a dog? Yes. That's what I'm there talking about. Because I know I'll. If you. Okay, how about this? Most okay. of my friends have animals and I love it. And Let's they're great scout with these people then. Let's actually label people. Let's do what we hate. Let's get labeled. Let's label these <laughs> Let's people. Let's label people. Because I'm starting to see the... Now I'm getting your point. I didn't get it because I was offended. Actually, I was but offended. But it wasn't, it wasn't Because from my you. perspective, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm a dog owner. I'm not talking shit about your dog, Luna. I'm just right. saying that... She's pe- adorable. That people are just giving up on giving up on real relationships. And then they're like, okay, let me just get a pet. And and that for me, that's not the right okay, way to so get a pet. Okay, so let's label this. Let's label these people, right? If you buy a pet at the farmer's market... You are fucked up in the head, right? Have you seen that? Yes. At the bar- and they have all the cats. I'm like, yes. who's buying a cat and like some kale? It's it's sick, right? It's like the most sick LA thing ever. You're getting cold pressed juices and a, and a dog and a dog and like a puppy because he's like he's so cute. He reminds me of like exactly. My and then handmade soap at the same time. I'm like very confused. Listen, I'm just saying, <laughs> don't give up hope out there. If you have failed relationships, and we all do, and, and you feel like you're lonely, you can't find the unconditional love, the answer is not getting a pet out of spite because of that. And, and when I say spite, I don't use it in the in the sense of people use spite, but you're kind of being spiteful towards the fact that you can't well, find... Well, like to toward, the world? Or to, to the world and to yourself. Or like to yourself. And to yeah, yourself. Yeah, because you're saying, you can't... Yeah. You, you feel like... You can't find anything. And what you're doing is you're just really blocking yourself. And you're just. But that's like being lazy. You're right. That is giving up. Saying you're giving like, up. Giving you're... up on yourself. Because if you actually uh, believed in what you were preaching, then you would know that it doesn't come immediately. It doesn't just happen like that. Exactly. Oh, you didn't meet the right guy. Da, da, da. And you should probably just leave fucking LA if you really want to meet a real person. How about that? <laughs> exactly. Leave LA first. Don't get the dog. Leave LA. Exactly. You'll go meet a real guy. Instead of getting a freaking dog. Why don't you just get the fuck out of it? Go to Orange County. There's a million divorcees out there ready to get married again. They, again? Yeah, they, <laughs> they need a third wife for yeah, They sure. need a third wife. I mean, who and else guess am I going to give my fourth house to? And guess what? The third wife is always the best one. And with that being said, <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. And this has been another episode of my so-called LA Life. And like I always say, make fun of yourself and make fun of everybody else because life is a joke anyway. 
My name is Natalia, and this is my lovely co-host. Eric Sanchez here. And take care, Los Angeles. You guys be safe. Till next time. Big sight. <laughs> New. Hank. Coco. Big sight. Yeah. Y'all know how this shit go. You know. All eyes on me. Oh, <laughs> Roll up in the club Era. and shit. All eyes on me. All eyes on me. What? I bet you got it twisted, you don't know who to trust So many player hating niggas tryna sound like us Say they ready for the fuck, but I don't think they know it Straight to the depths of hell is where those cowards going Well, are you still down, nigga? Holler when you see me And let these devils be sorry for the day they finally freed me I got a caravan of niggas every time we ride Hitting motherfuckers up when we pass by Until I die, live a life of a boss player Cause even when I'm high, fuck with me and get lost later The future's in my eyes Five double low bins, wanting flashy brains. Uh, bitches pursue me like a dream. Been known to disappear before your eyes. It's like a dope thing. It seems my main thing was to be major, paid the game sharper than the motherfucking razor blade. Save money, bring bitches, bitches bring lies. One nigga's getting jealous and motherfuckers die. Depend on me like the first and fifth thing. They might hold me for a second, but these won't get me. We got four niggas and low riders and ski masks screaming thug like every time they pass. All eyes on me, little life. Nigga, until a day I die, live a life of a boss player. All eyes on.